We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Real Life Radio is brought to you by Cloud Roofing and River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. That's according to John 10.10. And today we're going to hear part two of a message in the series under construction called The Power of Multiplication. It's not just about church growth, but investing in people's lives and doing it often. You can follow along with the notes to this message at the website reallife.org, right under the sermon's archive link. But let's get right into it. And this is Real Life Radio. I want to say to you there is a power in multiplication that transcends just what we're doing in the model of church growth that we're talking about here. Seriously. This is something that applies everywhere in life. Back in those days, there was teaching out talking about going beyond success to significance. Any of you read any of that stuff? You From success to significance? I want to suggest that Paul is modeling something for us here that is the key. You're taking notes, write this down. Success is the reward for building something. Significance is the reward for building someone. Success is the reward for building something, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great feeling when you do a plan, you do a project, and it works. That's a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to go beyond that to significance, significance is the reward for building someone. I want to make a few challenges this morning as we consider the implications of this. First, one, I challenge you to become a people builder. I want to ask you to determine to become a people builder. Okay, and that involves a shift of focus for most of us. Early on in this ministry, we had a principle that God, God gave us a series of principles that teaching us how to do things maybe a little differently than we'd had modeled for us in the church before. And one of those principles was real simple. Don't use people, build them. Okay? Don't use people, build people. And you might think, well, that's kind of self-explanatory. Yeah, not necessarily. Here, in, in, and it's, it's a tendency that people can have anywhere, but in the nonprofit sector, okay, and in the church, a lot of what happens happens through volunteers. In fact, most of what happens happens through volunteers. It is very easy to get caught up in the mindset of seeing someone walk through the door and go, okay, how can they meet our need? Here, here's our test, our volunteer test. Can you fog this mirror for me? You can fog the mirror. Good, you're in. Come on, stand over there and hold this. It's real easy to get kind of caught into that mindset and just look at someone walk through the door and go, how can we use them? And God said, don't. God says, I don't look at people that way. I don't want you to look at people that way. In fact, he even put that to some very practical terms. He says, as you build this ministry, I don't want you to go and kind of look for who you need to, to do a particular job or to do a particular ministry. And kind of, if you have a square peg or a square hole there, don't go try to find a square peg and stick it in there. He said, instead, I want you to take whoever I've brought, take who I bring, develop them into whatever I want them to be, help them to become everything I created them to be. And his promise was this, I will meet your people needs better than you ever could. And folks, that's one of the coolest principles that God has put in operation here at this ministry. I have to tell you, that has been sweet. I'm going to brag on our team a little bit here, okay? I have, I have friends who 
or maybe part of national ministries or our, our denominational national ministries or wh- whichever group it is, they, they will come in, missionaries will come in, hang with our team for a while. The consistent response I get is, where did you find these people? Some is Texas. That's how we raise them here. <laughs> I, of course, throw that out, and they always you know, give that as due <laughs> attention, and then we move on. Where did you get these people? It, the observation is they love each other. They, they're sharp at what they do, and they do the job well, and they're, they're, and, but they love what they're doing. They're passionate about it. They get along together. They're, they're, it's just a neat environment. It's very unusual. I always have two responses in, just internally. One is Thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for that because it's true, and I'm grateful for that. The second is what a bummer that that's not normal because they assure me that it is not normal. That it is very possible for on a church staff, people just to be professionals, just doing a job, just showing up for work. And yeah, they love Jesus. But when it comes to how we work with each other, it's just doing my job. And it's like lots of other places. And that breaks my heart because I would think that being connected in community and loving one another doesn't mean we don't ever fight. That doesn't mean we don't ever have problems. It doesn't mean any of that. But being connected in community and committed to one another should be normal. Being passionate about what you do for the kingdom should be normal. Being connected with a bond that is beyond a paycheck or, well, we got to work together, should be normal. That principle has served us so well. Don't go look for someone to meet your need. Develop who I bring, and I'll meet your needs better than you ever could. I want to challenge us to make building others the point in the context of our work. And I'm telling you, this is not just a church thing. This is not just for us. This is business. This is school. This is home and family. Make building others a priority. It's not just a means to an end. This is a calling. This is a mission. Helping other people become what God created them to be. I want to real quickly give you four steps to building a leader that I think Jesus modeled for us. The first is to select. There's some blanks in your notes. You can write these down. The first is to select. You've got to choose who, and we'll talk a little bit more about how you do that in just a moment. The second is to supply, train, give resources and opportunity, give examples, show them how it's done. The third is to send, let them go and let them do it. Release them. Don't hang on. And the fourth is to support them. Don't hover, but be available. Select, supply, send, support. You know, we have this little thing that we teach our small group leaders on how to multiply a leader how to help develop another leader it's a coaching model it's real simple okay and this works anywhere this works with your kids this works at your business you're trying to train salespeople. whatever it is it's real simple okay i do you watch we talk okay i do you help we talk you do i help we talk you do i watch we talk. You know what the last one is? You do. And it's done. It's a simple model of how to help someone and to process with them and have the talking is those training opportunities. But life becomes and ministry becomes the curriculum of training. You select someone, you support them by giving them examples, by talking, you send them, let them go, and you release them. Sometimes the hard part, we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. And then you support them. You don't hover, but you're just available. That's exactly what Jesus did. Listen to this passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 9, uh, 1 through 6. I want you to look, think of those four steps, those simple little steps, and, and kind of 
superimpose them over this passage of Scripture. See if you don't see that that's exactly what Jesus did. When Jesus had called the 12 together, and we know the New Testament gives us kind of all kinds of stories about Jesus calling and selecting of his disciples. When he had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. He supplied them with what they needed. You know, at the end of Jesus' ministry, when he told his disciples, go and make disciples of all nations, you know they knew exactly what that looked like because they'd just been through a three-year course. They'd seen what disciple-making looked like because they was disciples, okay? What is one? We is one. And they knew exactly what it looked like to make a disciple because Jesus had just done it. So he gave them authority, power and authority to drive out all demons, cure diseases. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. What's different is they'd done it before with him, but now, gulp factor, Jesus staying home. And he sent us out to go do it. And so he let them go. And we're told, he told them a few things. Take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra tunic. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, shake the dust off your feet when you leave that town as a testimony against them. So they set out, went from village to village, preaching the gospel, healing people everywhere. You got to skip down to verse 10. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. Now, this was a common pattern of Jesus. Public ministry, private debrief, private processing. Okay, In this particular case, unfortunately, they get interrupted, and they actually have to do some pretty intense ministry. They try to get away. It doesn't really work that well, but they end up doing it later. But you see these four things, select, support, send, uh, select, supply, send, and support. Investing in others increases my influence and my effectiveness we can do more than i can do and what i want to say to you is if your mission matters investing in others is a must and let me also just add on if your mission doesn't matter get a new one see what i'm saying i mean really and i'm not just talking i think our mission matters It is the most important mission on the face of the earth to make disciples. That's what we do. Our product is people. We don't make services, songs, sermons, you know. Gosh, I'm talking in alliteration. I can't stop. Help me. Is there like a pastor's kind of debrief thing where you can get out of that? I digress. Our product, folks, is us. We're not making a product. We are the product. Our mission statement says we make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We got to become better at developing people and what i want to say is our mission matters so much we've got to develop people now and 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 seriously this isn't just for the church or just for evangelism at your work if your company is doing something worthwhile building something that makes people's lives better giving people honest work helping develop workers helping make people's lives a little bit better because they connected with your company if it matters it's worth you got to multiply people And if it doesn't matter, find a new job, find a new career, do something that matters. When you do, you'll realize it's too important not to multiply by investing in other people. Investing is one of the greatest contributions I will ever make. It's one of the best things I will ever leave the world with people that I've invested in. Change the world. Do something that matters. Build people. And you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. And maybe right now think about who you could invest a little more time of your life and good influence on. And we'd like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by someone who believes and invests in this ministry. And that's our friends at Cloud Roofing and cloudroofing.com. And if you'd like a free estimate on your roof for repair or replacement, their number is 210 210- 
866-966-9484. And please make sure that you thank them for having Real Life Radio on the air. And again, we say thank you to Cloud Roofing. All right, let's take a short break in this message called The Power of Multiplication with this study in the book of Philippians right here on Real Life Radio. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more, almost as though something is missing? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel they're settling for a whole lot less than real life. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better, we call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us on this journey to discover the life we were made for. We're located one half mile inside of 1604 on Redland Road and Jones Maltzberger. Sundays we meet at 8, 9.30, and 11.15 a.m. River City, New Braunfels meets at the McKenna Vent Center on San Antonio Street at 10.30 a.m. Together we enjoy great music, practical teaching, and ministries for all the kids. For more information, check us out on the web at reallife.org. We look forward to seeing you on the road to real life. This is real life. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church for the conclusion of this sermon, which can be found in its entirety at reallife.org as a free download. And this is Real Life Radio. Success is the reward for building something. Significance is the reward for building someone. Second challenge, find someone to invest in. I told you we'd come back to here. Okay, how do I determine? How do I select someone? Find someone to invest in. The first thing is just look around. Okay, it's not real, it's not rocket science. Lift your head up, take your eyes off the tasks or the bottom line or the product for just a few minutes and look around and see who has God put in your life? Who's he brought? Paul tells us what to look for in the people we invest in by giving us clues of what he saw in Timothy. Remember what he said? Verses 20 and 22, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. Everyone looks out to his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy's proved himself because as a son with his father, he served with me in the work of the gospel. First thing he talks about is his heart. Timothy cared about Jesus Christ and therefore he cared about people. He had a good heart. It's one of the first things you look at. What do they care about? What are they passionate about? You've got to have a similar heart. Otherwise, you're going to be developing someone in regards to something they don't want to be developed in. You're going to be helping them to care about something they don't care about. There's got to be a similar heartbeat. Second thing is proven character. He says, Timothy's proved himself. Never, never, never shortcut on character. And I, I know it can be tempting. Talent can be tempting. Pizzazz splash i mean flashy can all be tempting never shortcut when it comes to character because character runs deep i don't care how smart a person is i don't care how talented they are what good does it have of all the intelligence in the world and all the talent in the world if you don't have the character to put it to good use there's nothing more common than talented and intelligent people whose lives are a wreck because their character is a problem and let me tell you something This is one of those things, not that someone who has character problems, we all have character issues that we're growing in. But, okay, you got to understand, certain times you look at someone's character and go, okay, not yet. Because elevating or promoting someone, raising them, giving them additional opportunities does not help the character issues. In fact, the higher someone is elevated, the more those character issues will be tested. And the more difficult it becomes. The best indicator of future performance is past behavior it means 
It's real simple. Look at someone's character. Paul looked at Timothy's character and he chose him. And that's what I'm saying. It's not like someone who has character issues can't ever, but you just allow that to continue to be worked out where they are. And then when the time is right, when the character has been proven to be now consistent and solid, that integrity is consistent and solid, now that's a person you can say, okay, let's go to the next step. So Paul looked at heart. He looked at proven character. Uh, The third thing is he saw Timothy was a doer. He had a bias for action. Because he said, as a son, he served with me in the work of the gospel. He, he was willing to just do it. I mean, and this is one of those things that's it's real common sense, but sometimes we miss it. You've got to have someone who's a doer, has a bias for action. Because if not, it doesn't matter all that, what, all that training and all that, that investment I get, give into someone's life, they won't do anything with it. Because they don't have a bias for action. And most people at some point in their life get begin to develop a willingness or a place where they will say, yes, I will engage. And that's a great time to find someone and begin to develop them. Someone who's a doer, someone who has a bias for action. And, and the third is a willingness to go. I mean, obviously, you know, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Timothy was willing to take one for the team. He was willing to leave family. He was willing to leave friends, everything familiar, and just begin to travel and minister with Paul because he had a passion to see people come to know Jesus. He had a passion for the gospel. He was willing to go. Now, I'll bet, as I've talked about this, okay, who is it that God's put around you? I'll bet faces and names came to mind. I want to ask you to do something, okay? Before we move on, would you just write down a name of someone who you think maybe God's giving you a nudge? You should invest in them. Just take a second. Let's not just go and kind of, oh, that was a nice lesson and move on. Write down a name. Is there someone that as you were listening and as you're hearing these qualities and as you were hearing what it took, you thought, you know what? At work, I need to invest in them at at home, I, I need to invest. I've got one of my kids who's at that at critical age. I need to take extra time. I need to always invest in my kids, but, man, I need to be real intentional and, and begin to put more into my kid. At school, there's someone. At church, in my small group, uh, I'm a small group leader, and I, there's someone who, man, I think they're built for leadership, and I need to begin investing in them. Write that name down, because in small group this week, you're going to talk a little bit about that, and I want you maybe to pray for those people. I want you to process this practically. Okay, faces and names, write them down and let's do something. Let's start investing in some people. Success is a reward for building something significant, uh, for building something. Significance is the reward for building someone. And last point, and we'll wrap with this. Trust the law of the harvest. Trust the law of the harvest. Some of you are looking at me, <laughs> Judy, you actually looked at me like, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? One of the things, well, first, let's talk about what the law of the harvest is. The law of the harvest is real simple. Galatians 6, 7 through 10, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Verse 10, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. One of the things that happens when you begin to, to say, I'm going to invest in people, is there's this little selfish thing inside of us called the flesh, the carnal nature, that starts to worry about, but what's going to happen to me? What if I develop that person at work and they're better than me and they get, out, they get promoted above me? <laughs> and we start to whimper, you know. It's a pathetic sight, but it's true. And sometimes we're cool enough to keep it inside, but it's there. One of the biggest reasons... One of the biggest reasons people hesitate to develop others is, but what about me? 
what will happen to me? What if that person's a more gifted leader than I am and they, they advance beyond me? Will there be a minute? If I raise them up, then what will I do? Will there be ministry for me? Is, will I lose my place? I've heard, them, I've heard what they say, work yourself out of a job. But then what do I do when I work myself out of a job? Then I have no job. Parents, parents can very much get into this thing and have a lot of needs being met in their parenting. And they can very easily begin to say, well, if I develop my kids, if I raise them up in independence and give them the proper dependence on the father and kind of release them, they won't need me. Then what do I do? Because that's what I am. I'm the parent. All these things, what about me? Remember the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. And it never ever fails in fact it's true on two levels it's it's true on a natural level do you know how we say it on the natural level we say what goes around comes around okay that's the natural understanding we understand that principle when you invest in people you make a lifetime of saying looking for people to invest in to help them grow i'm telling you i promise i promise i promise they will love you for it okay that that people remember that and some don't Some may not, but overall, what goes around comes around. You reap what you sow. That's the natural level. It just makes sense. Do you invest in people? People want to invest in you. It happens. But let's say it just doesn't. Let's say you happen to invest in the most thankless wretches in the world, okay? And you invest in all of them and nothing ever comes back your way, okay? There's another level. There's the natural level. There's the supernatural level. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew 6, 2 through 4. When you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in synagogues and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. When you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, keep it secret so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, here it is, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you that never fails ever because father sees it doesn't matter if anybody else sees father sees and the spirit the the word says you reap what you sow on the natural level i think it's just good common sense but on a supernatural level there's a faith element where you trust as i invest in other people father is looking for people who will be people builders he will give opportunity He will reward. I will truly reap what I sow because I trust him. I've seen this principle at work. And folks, this is that that internal struggle of selfishness. And I would be lying to you if I said I never wrestled with that. There's just times you get to places where you know you should do something for someone. And you're like, but then I I won't have What am I going to do? And you kind of have the internal whining thing going. And you kind of just, okay, God, here. I'll suffer for the kingdom here. They can have all the good stuff. I'll just sit here. And, you know, you get the pity party thing. I mean, you, yeah, you're laughing because you know it's true. Even at times like that when my heart was probably less than in it, but just out of obedience, okay, Lord, here, I've seen him bring abundant blessing. He never fails. People fail, okay? Not all people all the time, but all people some of the time <laughs> fail. The Father never does. And he who sees in secret wants to reward you. The law of the harvest, don't be afraid to build someone else. Okay? Don't be afraid to invest in someone else. You can't lose. Because Father who sees in secret will reward you. And I'm telling you, you want to make a difference in the world? Build people. 
I sat at my biological father's funeral, Liam Clancy, and I watched all those people, and I knew he can't do anything else. The only thing that he can do here on earth now is what happens through those people. Folks, every one of us is going to have that physical limitation. Paul had it with prison. Every one of us is going to have that physical limitation that someday we're not going to be here anymore. But we can change the world. The only thing that we can take with us. Liam had to leave everything behind. Other people have his stuff, home, other people. What we do for the Lord, for the kingdom, goes with us. And what we invest in people goes with us. People are eternal. God's eternal. People are eternal. Everything else that we do is temporal. Don't miss the opportunity to move beyond success, which is the reward for building something, to significance, which is the reward for building someone. You've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, where you're more than welcome to come visit. The church is located at the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Redland Road, just inside Loop 1604, with Sunday morning service times of 8, 9.30, and 11.15. And there's also a campus in New Braunfels that meets at 10.30. All the details and directions are at their website, reallife.org. And if you'd like to call the church, that number is 490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Cloud Roofing and cloudroofing.com. And we hope you join us next time for more Real Life.